Father, we thank you and give you praise for you are worthy. Thank you for your word that produces at every time. This morning we stand blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The theme for this September fast is breaking the fallow grounds. That is the theme. But I want to share a few things with you this morning by the grace of God. And when I'm done, I will now explain to you what it means when we talk about breaking fallow grounds. Glory to God. Please let's go to Acts chapter 10. I just want your spirit man to be quickened this morning for this journey that we are embarking upon. The faithfulness of God will show it. Acts chapter 10 from verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Uh, I think the King James would say Italian cohort. Yeah. A devout man, one who feared God, take note of his credentials. A devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Always. A devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now, it is important to take note of this. He was a proselyte to Judaism. He was a convert to Judaism. So obviously his, his prayer had the elements of fasting also. Because in the Judaist uh, practice, you fast twice in a week. And for a man who so feared God and loved God like that, he could have been doing much more than that. That is an assumption, a deduction. But that's the kind of man this Cornelius was. He was not a Jew. His name would tell you he wasn't a Jew. But he feared God. There was only one thing that was left to make his status complete. 
their regeneration. He did not have Christ. So he was worshipping God as much as he knew to do. He was practicing Judaism with all seriousness and commitment. Maybe better than many Jews who were into that religion. Now let's go on. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly the vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, yes. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? Please take note of this man. This is a man who wasn't ashamed of his relationship with the God of the Jews. He carried his household along. If we want to be very sincere with ourselves even this morning, we'll discover that within our household, some of us find it difficult to talk to people about Jesus Christ, but they are there. But this man had carried his household along with him. Now, this man was able to deduce that the person who had appeared to him was not ordinary. He was able to see a heavenly aura around the person. He believed it was God himself. What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Take note of that statement. Now go ahead. And now send men to Joppa and, and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Was it too hard for the angel to have told him what he should do? Couldn't the angel have told him? But it is not in the power of angels to preach the gospel. Hello? Which is the reason why we must be very careful the way we handle the issues of evangelism. It is not in the power of angels to evangelize. They can carry message from God to you or to anybody else, but they don't have the capacity. So we are privileged of God to have the capacity and we've been commissioned by him to take this gospel and go to nations and make them disciples for the Lord. There is no creation that can do that job outside us. Nobody, not angels, not unbelievers, but we who are called the sons of God. And when I say sons in a generic sense, the women are also included. For in the beginning you were in us before you came out. In this new dispensation you are supposed to be inside us again. So when I hear some ministers who say women should not preach, 
I know those guys are not born again. When I make statements like that, they may look a bit, uh, a bit harsh. <laughs> but if you have Bible, and your Bible tells you that Jesus gave message to a woman, the first message we preached after the resurrection, and you should know that there is no difference between that woman and the woman. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Gradually, I'm seeing places where they detested women in terms of ministry. Now, <coughs> sorry. Now, <clears throat> they are the same people who are ordaining women. So that element is already gone. Any woman here who has a call into ministry should not kill the call. We are here to help you stand. Amen. But be ready to be sent out. I don't want to post you to <coughs> Bonguruguru. Don't come and say we're a woman. We are sending you out. So you go. Amen. But of course, um, it should be with the understanding of your, of your husband. Maybe the man will have to go and look for a new job in that place. The Lord himself will direct. Amen. Right. Now, the angel spoke to him. After he had departed, Cornelius also called his people and sent them to Joppa. to go and meet Peter. When you go down to the other verse, you discover at that same hour, Peter too had gone to the upper house, the rooftop, and he was communing with God, praying. How could a man pray to the point that he became so hungry? It means it wasn't just a prayer. He was in the fast. And something that had been eating him up as a Jew, for many years, the answer was coming. And it was in a time of fasting. Cornelius was fasting. He was a fasting person. And his most needed status was being delivered to him. Just about to be delivered. The man's attitude as a follower of God, in that limited understanding, was said that God could not ignore, he could not overlook the fact that that young man or that man had the heart to be his child. So God himself took the decision to facilitate the man's salvation. I'd like you to just understand something in this chapter Peter fell into a trance just before the people came in got to Joppa and got to the house of Simon and in that trance 
The Bible says a sheet was let down from heaven with all manner of animals, most of them unclean. Unclean by the standard of the Jews as they had been instructed by the Lord. I, I went to read some things about those animals, particularly, which they were told not to eat. Them. And, and the, the, the SDA people hold very firm to those things. Maybe somehow they have forgotten about this chapter of the of the Bible. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Several years ago, I was relating with these people well the what do they call them? The Church of Christ people. They have an organization. They used to send materials out and uh, you read and answer questions and all that and i was doing that i think we school of the bible and then they sent me a message that their rep was coming to have a meeting with us that was um somewhere in 1983. so i went for their meeting one white man came when he sat there, he opened his Bible to the beginning of New Testament and the ending of, of Old Testament and then put a plaster across the section of the Old Testament and said, this one is past. We look at the New Testament. When he finished talking, I closed my Bible and I left I didn't know much, but I had a little sense to understand that this Bible is of two parts. You can't close one, else your sword is not double-edged sword. Your sword is a single-edged sword that will now permit you to do things that you want to do. Because you choose what you want to choose. I left them. They wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote to me. I didn't respond. I was very young in the faith. Very young. But I was very old. But the Holy Ghost gave me understanding that what they were saying was not right. This chapter will tell you many things. Peter said, I don't eat unclean things. So I cannot. We are told the sheet went and came back three times. And the Lord said, whatever, what I have cleansed, let no man call unclean. And if we have understanding of that one, this thing came to him at a time of fasting. Fasting times are moments of deep revelations and visitations of heaven. Fasting times are moments of deep revelations and visitations from heaven. Times when God begins to show to us things that we have been aspiring, we have been, we have been panting to know, and which appear very far away from us. 
He begins to open those things to us. And the things that appear like mountains to us, he causes us to jump over them. And that's why I know that in these 21 days, your testimonies will be amazing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Things that have eluded you for so long shall come knocking on your door. They will come begging for you to receive them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Amen. So the story tells us that Peter received the people, three of them, and he made them to stay overnight. And the next day they went to Cornelius. Now, very important issue to note. It's not a subject of my teaching. When they went to Cornelius, the man told Peter the encounter that he had had. And Peter began to speak the word. While he was speaking, the Holy Ghost came upon the people in the same manner as it happened in chapter 2 of Acts. As it happened to the Jews, so it happened to the Gentiles. As he was still speaking. It means that Cornelius and his team believed what Peter was saying. They so believed that they would have asked him to stop talking. It's enough. But the man needed to finish his message. And the Holy Ghost came. No altar call was made. They had altar called themselves, if that is allowed. And they had accepted the message. They had acknowledged Christ as the Son of God and as Lord. In their hearts. And the Lord who knows the heart of men saw it. And released the Holy Ghost upon them. In fact, their own was even more spectacular. You know why? The disciples had walked with Jesus Christ. They were with him. On the day when they went to see him off, 120 of them, they were there when they saw the miraculous. As this man ascended and was received. And then some beings who were in white clothing that we believe to be angels came to give them information. The happiness of that moment should have made all of them to believe that this Jesus is not ordinary. These ones were not privy to those things. They just plainly believed in God. And let me say something that I said about last Sunday or two Sundays ago. Let's be careful the way we judge people because of the names of where they worship. It is every man according to how he believes in his heart that God responds to. It, it was said that after they got, they, they received the Holy Ghost baptism, and of course there was no need for utter call again. The next thing was, was water baptism. It changed the course of things. 
in their fast they received of the Lord something very precious which was lacking in their lives. There are things that are lacking in our lives that this month the Lord shall reign upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. Some things that are lacking we may not even know. But he will supply those things. Those things that will make our life complete and better and more effectual. He will supply them. Among the issues that we'll be praying about in the course of the month and some at the months ahead of us is one very important thing. The, the, the spirit man is a seedful being. Is what? Seed full. Full of seeds of the miraculous, of the supernatural. The spirit man. But it is the coming upon of the Holy Ghost that makes those seeds to begin to bear fruits. And there are several of us here who sometimes may even think that we don't have anything like gifts from the Lord. But those things are there on your inside. And this month, they will speak. You are not empty. You are not just empty. That you, you are there as a believer, you have no gift in you. It's a lie. The Holy Ghost shall come upon your spirit man afresh. And those seeds now begin to gain life and begin to produce. And you'll be amazed at the things that God is going to use you to do. And that is why you cannot, you cannot remove yourself from this exercise. Cornelius had an encounter with the Lord as he fasted. Peter had an encounter that changed his perception. Perception that he had about Gentiles as a Jew. The Jews are very strict. When it comes to Gentiles, they don't have anything to do with them. They call them dogs. But Peter's perspective was touched in the moment of fasting. There are people you may be looking down upon, you don't value them at all because they are not at your level. They are not at your level. They are not well read. They don't speak good grammar. They don't have the money that you command. They are from the minority groups. And you, are, you as a Christian, your perception towards such people has not changed. You will still look at them. I've told you before, I may not like what you do, but I'm not permitted to hate anybody. I may speak very sternly to you on issues. And that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Why? The man that you said you are following did he ever hate anybody? He didn't. He didn't like the things that people did. God put Peter into that experience as he fasted. Pay attention. Cornelius and his people got filled with the Holy Ghost and they were baptized. Now Peter said, 
Can anybody stop us from baptizing these people? Seeing that the Lord has received them the same way he received us. He has poured his spirit upon them the same way he did unto us who are Jews. And they became a new set of people that God upgraded. You have been despised for long in certain quarters. And I want to let you understand that after this fast, those who despise you will come and salute you. In the name of Jesus Christ. In your office, those that said will not make him, will, will make this place so difficult for him that you have to go. The same will become your friends. Why? Because the aroma of the Holy Ghost comes upon you and that is the aroma of favor. And it begins to open doors unto you. A force goes before you that opens the doors before you get there. It goes before you to announce as you are coming in. And those who don't like you, it falls upon them and compels them to like you. So when you hear me say that I cannot be hated by anybody, I'm talking from that experience. You cannot hate me. You may talk against him, but you can't hate me. When it is time for you to be a blessing to me, you cannot stop. You have to bless me before you have peace. After that, when you are free to insult me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've said this over and over again, and people ask me why I say so. I mean what I'm saying. Nobody can hate me. You may not like my face, but you cannot hate me. What is on me will not permit you to hate me. No. And that is what is on you. There's this thing that comes upon you of the Holy Ghost. It is an aroma. A sweet-smelling thing that's around you. It's a fragrance of glory. Wherever you go, you are received. And you are honored. That shall be your story. In the name of Jesus Christ. That shall be your story. In the name of Jesus after all, it is your heritage to be honored because you honor him. It's your heritage. And people will not deny you of that heritage. Cornelius and his household were received. But in chapter 11, we will not go to read that one because of our time. When Peter went back to report to the church in Jerusalem, they queried him. Why did you go to the Gentiles to even sit with them and eat with them? These were Holy Ghost filled, tongue speaking Christians who could not overcome tradition. But you will put tradition under your feet after this program. In the name of Jesus Christ. There is nothing called a place that you cannot be. No. This one is from here. That one is from there. Now, if the church begins to do that as a body, then the world is in trouble. If the church becomes ethnic, and tribal in approach, then the church, the whole world is in trouble. Because it is the church that should overcome this thing. 
and help others overcome. But if it is happening in the church, and it does happen, it does happen. It does happen. It does happen. When it comes to tradition, some believers lose their salvation instantly. They put grace aside. Just push it aside like that. They lose their sense of reasoning and the appreciation of Christ, who Christ is. I'm saying this in very strong terms so that in case you are there, you will ask the Lord to deliver you in this month. So if the Lord now sends you to people you don't like, will you tell me I'm not going? A New Testament um, Jonah. That was the deliverance that Peter received in the course of his fasting. And you are going to be delivered from every negativity about your life. There are things that hinder our growth. Kills our giftings. Blocks the channels of blessing that God has opened to us. And you are going to be delivered from them. There are things I have personally noted about my life that I want to handle within these 21 days. We should go from strength to strength. From glory to glory. There should be no stagnation about our lives. If we are not able to check some things around our lives, we will not be profitable. And for many of us over here, one thing that you must watch and kill is anger. Is what? Anger. And the number two person is hypocrisy. He what? Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You are my brother. You are my brother. I love you so much. When you finish, I love you so much. Then the person who is inside says, The day I get to you, you understand. <laughs> Glory to God. Acts chapter 13. Just give us one to four. Somebody's new journey is about to start. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about you going outside the country. I'm talking about you embarking on the journey God has programmed for you. Wherever it is. Christians like to go to Europe. When you tell them to go to Afghanistan, they say they won't go. They also their skin, they red. They, is it red or white or green? Uh, Afghanistan. Some of you go there to represent the body of Christ over there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There was a time that people wanted to do some work in Japan and the people that he had in mind when he just whispered that thing to them. <laughs> oh my God. They were well learned, so they knew the religion over there. The man had not even made up his mind to go. He was just trying to see how their reaction was going to be like. 
But as people kept on growing and the Holy Ghost took over, nobody was resisting anywhere you wanted to go. Why? Because you say that God is your father and the whole earth belongs to him and the people who are inside there and you are the child of this God who owns everywhere. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid to go to the northern part of Ghana, towards the Burkina Bay border there, where you see very heavy, heavy fetish system? And there are many, many places in Ghana here where fetish thing is very, very strong. No region is left out. No region is left out. No region in this nation is left out. I've gone to a few places. I don't know Ghana as much as I know Nigeria. But where I've gone to, fetishism is almost everywhere. And now believers are patronizing this kind of thing. Believers, so-called. God is not sufficient for them. They want to add something to God. It's all because there is something deficient about our understanding of who this God is. And this month, those things must end. We are turning out to become very noble believers, very what noble believers who bear the banner of the Lord. That wherever we turn, people look at this banner and they seek to worship the Lord. But submit yourself to Him and be ready for whatever change there should be. The Lord may talk to you in a way you never expected, He may place a demand on you. If you have not been touched by his spirit, you will not be able to go by that demand. Let's read that one. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, not Niger. Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, go ahead, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. I may have mentioned this thing here before. This verse of scripture confused a man of God that I knew. As far as he understood the thing, God said, separate Barnabas and Paul. Separate what? Barnabas and Saul. So he said, if a man is in the church and he wants to, he says, God has called him to start another work and he's, he's going, why are you crying? God said, separate Barnabas and Saul. <laughs> and he was saying these things with, with, with vim from the altar. Separate. God didn't say separate them. He said separate them, put them aside for me. These two people, I have an assignment for them. Commission them, send them off. Let them go and do the work. He said for the work to which I have called them. So he had called them before that time. But the atmosphere had not been created for them to go. They were not ready. But at this moment, while they ministered unto the Lord, as they fasted, 
I believe there was a loosening. And the Holy Ghost took, took control over their lives. And the Lord said, now separate them. They are ready. There's an assignment that God has programmed for your life long before you came in. And it's not coming. You are not seeing the thing. Even when you hear about it, you detest it. I believe that in this month, you shall receive a visitation from the Holy Ghost. That will make you know what God has programmed you for. And please, when it happens, allow us to pray for you and send you forth. It may not just be in ministry. It may be the work that you are doing. The vocation that you have carried upon yourself for years. And God said, leave that place. It's very hard. It's a natural thing with men. When we are accustomed to a particular thing, to leave it and change, it's not easy. That's one challenge that we have among us as human beings and in our nation here. Change is always resisted. Always. Change in the home, resisted. Everybody will sleep at 8 o'clock from today. Say, Haba. 8 o'clock. 8 p.m. Now chicken will be. And the leader said, we want to do something in the house, in this home. So 8 o'clock, everybody go and sleep. He said, no. It's like me, if you tell me to be sleeping at 8 o'clock, the first reaction is that you want to insult me. We, we practice witchcraft. We don't sleep early. It's not witches that stay awake when others are sleeping. Eh? <laughs> eh? Sometimes the earliest time we'll go to bed. We have a 1 a.m. Like that last night, when I put my head down to sleep, it was 4.30. 6.05, I was awake. It has become part of my life. So be praying for me that I will have an encounter in this month. That will make me sleep. But of course, if I have the chance of sleeping in the afternoon, I can gain some hours. I didn't know how to do it, but now I am trying. My wife has been forcing me to sleep. That's oppression. Oppression. Everybody say oppression. Oppression. She's been oppressing me. Right. We shall be seeing a turning in your life. We shall be seeing a change of course. We shall be seeing a fresh hunger after souls. Well, it's one thing we are going to look at. There's an ice that has come upon soul winning. There is nothing you will tell me that will make me agree with you when it comes to soul winning. There is nothing. Because it is inside this book, black and white. There's nothing anybody will tell me. In the process of soul winning, certain great things will happen. But you don't sit down and fold your hand and wait for strange things to happen to draw people. No? It was a message that Peter gave on that day as inspired of the Holy Ghost that the Lord honored and brought in 3,000 people. It was a word that was preached. The same thing again when he, he spoke. The same thing with Paul. The same thing with Stephen. 
They preached the word with the, with the spirit of God at work. And then things began to happen. So if in our own time here, if our time here, we find it difficult to go and share the word with people, then we need a resubmission to the will and operations of the Holy Ghost. It is without controversy. It's without what? Controversy. We should have that hunger. Any situation, where, anywhere you are, you are looking for opportunity to share the word with somebody. It should be part of us. It should be part of us. If we are doing wishful thinking, and we are dreaming at night and seeing multitudes trooping in here, God can do that one. But that hasn't become your standard. He commissioned us to go. Go. Go means go. Go doesn't mean come. He said, go and make. Go ye, therefore, go ye in my name. Go ye in my name. Go and make disciples and bring them to me. It's a commission. It does not respond to human analysis. Please, it's very important. So one of the things you should be believing God for is fresh unction for you to go and win souls. You should believe God for that in this season. If that is the only thing that you receive, it's the greatest thing anybody can do for God. There is nothing we can give to God apart from souls. There is nothing that you bring money. He said, the silver and the gold, they are mine. If I, what, what do I need from you? Your money is a trade. When you bring money to church, it's that God will bless you. You love the kingdom. Who makes the kingdom? It's people. So your love for the kingdom must begin with your desire and strong will and the practice of sharing the gospel with people as and how you come across them. It's important. In your office, one whisper to somebody, Jesus loves you. I'm not preaching. You are releasing a word that will work in that person's life. At break time, he will come and ask you, what did you mean by that statement? Opportunity has come for you to now tell me about Jesus or tell her about Jesus. We should take advantage of that one. Wherever we go, wherever we go, in the vehicles, anywhere we go, There was a time I didn't have a vehicle. And because of my size, I, I don't uh, carry passenger. Basi, we are laughing. <laughs> I take dropping. And the dropping is the money you charge me plus you. That's the payment. The money plus you. You will not go free. You collect my money. You must come to heaven. That became a lifestyle. In Nigeria, I was moving with my superiors and we're going somewhere. And I wanted to talk to the fellow, the driver. I said one or two things. At a point, I said, Bishop, sir, please can you allow this man to stop for five minutes? I want to pray with him. The bishop looked at me, is there for soon? Even inside Bush, I said, that's it now. Inside Bush. They asked him to stop. He stopped. I got down. He came out. I said, I've told you a few things. He 
it is for you to believe in Christ now because you don't know what will happen to you in the next minute ahead of you. Believe in Jesus. Let's pray now so that God's hand will come upon you afresh for a new day. You go born again. And then my bishop told me something. He said, I have been preaching to people, but what you did today is another thing altogether. Now I see some of my bishops preaching in marketplaces. One of them, Bishop Abiel, he is a chronic soul winner. Is what? A chronic soul winner. He doesn't care where and how. That is supposed to be our approach. I'm not saying go to the market so that they will give you money. When I came to Kumasi, the only day, the reason why I refused to go to market to preach, to stand there and talk, was that some people calling themselves pastors had been going. And they would just say all manner of things and then begin to collect money. So he got to a point, as soon as he appeared, the woman, as awful. Okay, so take this one and, and go ahead and preach, go to that side. <laughs> Want to offload goods, so you go to that side. They have, you came for money, they say, carry, look at the insult. So I refused to go there. But our church used to go to the market. And we had many market women in the church. Anywhere you are, you have the gospel to carry it and present it to people. A new beginning is coming for you in this month. They prayed for Peter, uh, from Paul and, and Barnabas and fasted again and sent them forth. And look at the work that God used this Paul and Barnabas to do. Look at the work. Look at what legacy God gave to us through this Paul. Look at it. And Jesus Christ himself, at various points in his ministry, went into fastings. And Paul says about himself, fastings, Fastings, when he spoke about the way he fasted, my body began to shake. And so this man now said that I may know, I may know this Christ. If you don't know Christ, all these things that you have read, you don't even know, you didn't know Christ much. What else do you want to know? There's much for us to learn. And this man, the fire, we must catch the fire. Catch what? One secret about soul winning is that the more you go out winning souls, the better your life as a Christian. I'm telling you. Maybe nobody has accosted you somewhere where you thought nobody knew you. And then you just um, organizing yourself. And before you know, they are greeting you. Bless you, sir. The Lord is good, sir. You lift your eyes and somebody that you never, you never. One old woman packing sticks. I was passing by somewhere. And the woman greeted me in the uh, in key. I was awful. I want to say, now, hey, yeah. That is, I was awful. How are you? Uh, what are you looking for in this area? If I had been in one foul mood that time, 
a foul move. Can you imagine the shame? I asked the woman, where do you know? She said, I know you. You don't know me, but I know you. You don't know me, but I know you. When you stand on the altar, everybody sitting down there sees you. But you may not know them. So that should put you on in the check. People you are going to talk to. Are you going to meet someone that you shouted on somewhere last week? And you now say, Jesus loves you. He said, let him love you first. Let him love you first. Who are you going to preach to? Are you not the last person that insulted him in the bus last week? What would you say again? A man, a copper, a national service personnel, Nigeria called them coppers, leading a team to go and pray for a woman who was possessed. And they got there, and the demon, the demon spoke through the woman, called his name, and he said, you too, come to cast me out. You forgotten? And told them about the woman, the guy's affair with one woman somewhere. Life. Life. The anointing, whatever he carried, died instantly. And it affected all the people who were following. Nobody could pray for the lady. This quarantine didn't start yesterday. He had to go on quarantine by himself to purge himself of that thing. See how the devil disgraced him. So if you are a soul winner, that consciousness that you must bear fruit that befit repentance. That you, what you want to tell somebody, you must practice this. If you want something to guide you, that is one thing you must go in for. And this month, by the grace of God, that fear that has kept you off will be taken away. That fear. You don't need to be a graduate of English language to go and talk to somebody about Jesus. You don't need, you don't need that one. My mother-in-law, you, you, you sabi Jesus? You carry Jesus? You carry Jesus? Jesus? Go and mark that English and see where you land. But that woman, as old as she is, is talking to you about Christ. It is seven years old, talking to you about Christ. And you are here, 35, 40. The 40 to 50 bracket, there are not many here. 50, 60, there are not many. You can't talk about Jesus. You can't. My friend, you have the opportunity. Let this hour be a time of invigoration for your life. A spiritual rejuvenation. That will make you stand out. Ask the Lord, put your own hand on your head. And say, Holy Ghost, touch my life. And give me grace to go forth and speak. Take a walk. 30 minutes. One hour. You may get about four people. Talk to them about Christ. One person coming to Christ causes a lot of joy over there in heaven. So one. So that person in your office that you're always trying to correct. Start praying for the person in that moment of your fast. And tell the Lord, I need this soul. Give me this soul. 
I need this soul. And believe God for a touch. And by the time you come out of the fast, it won't be difficult for you going out on your own and talking to people about Jesus Christ. Friends, that is part of the fallow grounds that should be broken. Part of it. You are full of seeds. That fallow ground will be broken. And then you begin to bear fruits. You are being pummeled here and there by sin. This time will be your time of deliverance. You know what is wrong, but you appear to be helpless. And you go into it every time. You go into it. After speaking in tongues, and praying, and singing, as a young man with your wife, you step out, and you see somebody's wife or future wife going, and your mind tells you you are not married. Or, this could be bonus. And to swore, Jara. And then you begin to follow. Oh! My wife was telling me something about a fellow who was riding bicycle. And he saw one fair lady. He got captured by that lady. The lady didn't, didn't know that he was over there. That's how he looked and ran into a vehicle. This fellow would have died if not for the mercy of God. Admiring a woman who didn't even know of his existence. And then you go, when you come back home, you begin to cry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. This time around, you are going to develop strength. Let me tell you, in my life, it got to a point I had to take an oath before God. I knew my weakness when I was an unbeliever. I, I took an oath before God. It was a very serious one. What are you looking for? The world is waiting for you. The whole world is waiting for you. Don't die in a corner, unknown. The world is waiting for you. You are the great evangelist that God has sent to us here. And you are the one that they are waiting for. People are preaching everywhere, but when you stand to talk, it's a different matter. And one small thing is disturbing you and putting you down. Put it on the altar these 21 days and tell God, that's the end of this thing. This is the end. Tell that devil, you have come to the end of the road. I'm not going with you again. You are a very good-looking person, soft-spoken, very powerful. People want to trust you. They give you their money to keep. And uh, before you know, you are somewhere else. The moment the money comes to you, you get possessed. And you hear the voice of the money, take me out, 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 take me out. By the time you finish eating, the man comes the next morning. Good evening, sir. Uh, okay, good morning, sir. I came to collect that money I gave to you to keep for me. 
Thank you very much. You have helped me a lot. Thank you. Then you start scratching your head. You call people who you know are not in the house. Uh, Benjamin. Where is Benjamin? Bring that thing I gave to you there. Bring it. You see, is he not here? He has gone out without telling me. How about Benjamin? You want to disgrace me? <laughs> so you go. The boy is not here. You will come back. And if you have somebody like me that I need my money, I'll come back. Early morning, 5.30. The Benjamin wouldn't have gone out. I'll be there to collect my money. I want you to be expectant. It is that spirit of expectancy that will help you to catch something. Be expectant and be very honest and sincere with yourself and with the Holy Ghost. Break every fallow ground in your life. Break it. Allow the Lord to help you begin to plow your life afresh. And the things that are inside that place will begin to speak out. There is something very pleasant on your inside that's looking for expression. Allow him to break this body. And the fragrance will begin to go everywhere. When that woman broke the alabaster box that carried that expensive um, uh, ointment, the aroma went everywhere. And people began to talk. People are waiting to see your manifestation. It will be long. This is the time. Tell somebody this is the time. This is the time. It is my moment. It's a moment of lifting. I'm breaking through the eyes of life, the forks of life, the stagnations of life. I'm breaking through all of them in the name of Jesus Christ. This month will be ending with my song. A song of praise unto the Most High God. I am not ordinary. I'm a man endowed by God. I shall not be despised again. But many shall come to me and be encouraged in the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Lift up your two hands to heaven. And bless the name of the Lord. He is worthy of praise and adoration. <laughs>